Is, is my head chopped off? <laughs> you look good. Man. You look good, man. It's all good. <laughs> we got to keep your head in the shot. That's where all the knowledge comes from. Yep, exactly. Don't <laughs> cut that off. Cool, so, man. Really, really pumped for today's live. I've been wanting to do a live with Robert Michael forever, I feel like. Um, as most of you guys know, I've been doing this series on my YouTube channel called The Rabbit Hole. We, um, we were six episodes in now out of eight, and the response has been incredible from my audience. Uh, we did, the first episode was called I Am Under No Laws But Gods, and it has over 100,000 views now. And all our other episodes have like 20 to 30K views. So I am bringing to you today a hungry audience, hungry for knowledge, Rob, which I know is what, what really fires you up. Um, but I'm, I'm really excited to talk about this discussion we're going to have today because I think that when people start learning about all of this stuff, the legal fiction, the fraudulent legal system, you know, we sort of like start to panic and go, oh, no, how do I get free? Give me a process. Give me a process. And um, yeah. Rob would be the first one to tell you that he doesn't give processes. Um, but that's because no process can save you if you don't have the knowledge, right? And it's the, the knowledge is the reason we perish, as Hosea says. And that, that really is the case for the situation we find ourselves in, um, not just here in America, but all over the world under this kind of same um, debt slave system which we're going to be unpacking today. So, you know, first we're going to talk about, I just want to talk about with you kind of the mechanics of how this legal system, you know, economic system really works uh, because Robert has such a depth of knowledge that um, I've studied under a lot of different law teachers and Robert to me is second to none in terms of his depth of understanding. And so, although Robert, many of us are just now becoming aware of some of these concepts of like, oh, we're actually the creditors, not the debtors. Uh, oh, they actually borrow from us. We don't borrow from them. Right. A lot of people are getting in touch with these concepts now, which is great, but we still don't totally understand what that means, right? So um, can I guess we'll just have you kick us off with this topic on what debt slavery is. And then at the end of this discussion or near the middle of the discussion, we have a, a really exciting announcement for you guys that Robert is working on right now that uh, deeply tie into all the implications of what we're discussing today. Um, that will be really, uh, really important for all of us to get involved in. So we'll get to that shortly. But why don't you kick us off, Robert, on this topic of uh, how does this whole system really operate? Well, first off, can you hear me? Yeah. I had a call come in, and sometimes when calls come in, it cuts my volume out. You can't hear me. So good. Glad we're yeah, back. you're good. We uh, got you. And the first thing I do want to say before getting into it is I've been at this for 14 years, and I've not seen a solution. I've seen, like you said, process after process, which gives us a little Band-Aid here and there. But what's the solution? When does it end? And that's what we're here to talk about and, you know, uh, let everybody know what we're working on today. But the, the basic thing here is peonage. If, if you're familiar with the term peonage or the legal definition of peonage okay i'm not and, and and this is very important i pulled this up just so i could read it to everybody um this is from west encyclopedia of american law a condition of enforced servitude by which a person is restrained of his or her liberty and compelled to labor in payment of some debt or obligation mm. so What's going on here, let's take the first half of that, a condition of enforced servitude by which a person is restrained of his or her liberty. That's saying, look, you guys don't have any rights. You don't have any freedom. 
You know, you have to work. You have to work to supply us so that we can take the money from you and do what we want with it, essentially. That's servitude, right? right? And then the second half is compelled to labor in the payment of some debt or obligation. Now, we may not be compelled to that right away, but we get compelled to it by being tricked of how this whole money system works, which is what we're about to go over, okay? Yeah. So keep peonage in mind because that's really what's happening. That's why we are peons, peonage, peons, okay? Would you say that's similar to usury? No, usury is when you're, someone else is doing the labor and everything and making money and you're scraping off the top and you didn't do anything for it, essentially. Oh, interesting. Like, like interest. Yeah. See, <laughs> right? On your credit this stuff, you guys. <laughs> you know, but it's, but they're all in the same vein, right? I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. You could use, you know, there can, yeah, there could be usury involved in peonage. And right. what, what peonage is, is a form of involuntary servitude. So what we're going to go over here now is going to show you that the reason I call it economic debt slavery is because it's a form of involuntary servitude. The slavery has been outlawed all over the world, right? Outlawed. Yeah, outlawed. Right. <laughs> they did it here with a war, which every other country got rid of slavery without one. So that should tell you something right there. You should look into. Interesting. Right? The fact that the Civil War was about money and had nothing to do with slavery until right. it became a fit and necessary war measure, as Lincoln said in the uh, in the uh, uh, what was the the Gettysburg Address? Uh, was it the Gettysburg Address? I think it was Gettysburg Address. I could be off on that, but he said it's a fit and necessary war measure. That's why we're free of slaves. That had nothing to do with because they were slaves. So when they abolish slavery, how do you enslave? people without uh breaking that law well you create a business for them which yeah. is what people call the straw man right that's getting off track from where we're going so let's take the first so i broke this down in nine points as you know what's happening here is all countries are insolvent why because the central banks came in and said look we'll print your money for you but you're going to pay us a fee right mm -hmm. you're gonna pay us an interest so we'll print your money that way you don't have to you know worry about your gold other than you just pay us your gold to pay for these nice pretty dollars well the kings and queens at the time at, when they first started doing this they didn't understand what compound interest was so before they knew it they were insolvent not bankrupt insolvent because sovereigns are insolvent not bankrupt insolvency means you're broke you don't have any money so what happened was they would lend these kings and queens money until or their money their debt notes until the king and queen paid all of their gold and silver over in interest now why is this important because a note which is what you and i carry around our pockets what they credit us with and credit and cash yeah and these cryptos that the, that the federal government's coming out with none of them have intrinsic value a, a note is a promise to pay by financial mm -hmm. definition, okay? Mm -hmm. And you guys should look up financial definitions and legal definitions because a lot of times they have different terms. For instance, we're talking about a note. Somebody might think, well, I'm leaving a note on my table for my son today to you know, do his chores. Okay, well, that's one definition, but there's a financial, which is a bank note, or a, a note, which is a promise to pay. So none of us have any money. They took all the money. And we can get into the history of all that and how that happened, but why? When we know yeah. today, it doesn't have any intrinsic value. It only comes from the belief of people that that's where the money has value. And 
the thing the catch here though is a note is a promise to pay so who owes the payment it's assumed that we do but no we don't the government tells us straight up hey the federal or the uh, united states government it has as it has the obligation it says right on the, mm -hmm. their website that federal reserve notes are obligations of the united states that means they owe the debt okay mm -hmm. so if they owe the debt how do they get the debt to us how do why are we paying their debt well mm -hmm. because they yeah. have no energy to raise any money they have no way to raise any money they're a legal fiction they're a legal fiction they don't so, exist right so how then do you how do you create debt uh, or or have a contract between you and another person and then throw the debt onto someone else well you got a lot you got to bring them into it you got to give them the the notes you got to give them the money so how does that happen well you're registered at birth you're registered at naturalization yeah. so now you have an obligation you're you're holding a bank note to pay that back essentially is what's going on and so every time they issue you federal uh, reserve notes, you're driving up the public debt because you're acting as a debtor for the, you're acting as the United States. Yeah. But trading not. debt with debt. Yeah. You can't pay a debt with a debt. So you can yeah. only discharge stuff. So that's the very first part of how they get us into this debt slave system is they go, okay, well, there's no money here. So if you're going to come into our country, which you have to, because we're going to force you at the barrel of a gun to do it uh you're going to need our money and you're going to promise to pay us back here's your birth certificate that's your promise to pay that's because the bank, note, a bank note, note right yeah it's a bank note <laughs> your yep. birth certificate is a bank note guys just let yeah. breathe that one in for a second you, you want proof order have one of your friends that lives in california order birth certificates on the california receipt it says bank note numbers and it tells you the numbers of the birth certificates that you ordered they mm -hmm. tell you they're not I did that actually. Yeah. Is yours yeah. from California? Yep. Yeah. There you go. You got you guys in California got proof in your hand, man. That's like right there. Like they got five banknotes. Right. You can't tell me it's not a banknote. You said it in your own words, right? Yep. So let's forget about Sesta Key Trust and all that stuff for now and, and you know, uh, bonding at the time of birth. Right. We know this is going on. We're beyond that. We know this is a fact. So that's where we get into what do we do about yeah. it right so just to break it down for people i broke it down into nine points all right you you have the promise to pay which is first okay they issue a bank note is a promise to pay by financial definition so then you have all government issued money or bank notes and promises to pay the debt which again who's making the promise and who owns the bank note Federal Reserve or any central bank in any country owns the bank note. The obligation is the government's. They pass that on to you. Yeah. Nefariously, that's where we go wrong. They make right? you their trustee, right? Um, well, that depends, right? Um, if you're holding someone else's property for the benefit of another, then yes, you're a trustee, but that's implied. So it can always be challenged because there's really no trust. Yeah. If you're implying this, then there's no, there's no trust because you didn't express it. It's not written. I don't know right, who the right. beneficiary is. You know what I mean? So 
it all depends. It depends on what the situation is and how you're going to approach it as far as who's the trustee. Right. Or who could be the trustee or maybe nobody's the trustee. Yeah. Because right. they're technically supposed to be our trustees and we the beneficiaries. But sure. they don't yeah. play it like that. No, not at all. So what's happening? So in, to answer your question, when you go into a court, it's it's an implied trust situation because nobody knows who's who. There's just a debt involved. And we got to figure out who's the beneficiary of that debt and who's holding it, you know, who's holding the instrument in trust. And if you step up as the wrong guy, well, then you have the responsibility of taking on that debt and paying it. Right. Where they screw up is they invest, they take the an instrument, they create an instrument, whether you know it or not, in a courtroom, they create an instrument. Uh, they do it all the time. They do it with your um, your utility bills, your driver's license, your marriage license. All of that is turned into some sort of securitized debenture. Look up yeah. the word debenture. And it's deposited or it's put into an investment account. Okay, mutual investment. These are public uh, securities, not private. Well, they may be traded privately, but they're they're public instruments, right? Yeah, the, yeah. The, the problem with it is, is they got your social security number and name, and that's how they're doing it, and that is illegal. Period. Right. Right. That's the peonage. That's where it all takes place. Right. So yeah, through is your whole, is that through your Treasury Direct account? No, Treasury Direct is simply a uh, investment account. People. And, and this is where I like to clear things up. A lot of people misinterpret. They, they think that the terms, like go to Treasury, Treasury Direct wasn't even formed until I think the late 90s. I yeah, like 84 or something. Or 80s, yeah. So yeah. The, the Treasury Direct is simply an investment account. It can be used in that way, right? I mean, you could create an account and use it in that way. But no, what it goes through is there has to be authorization through the social security account. So I found, and this is what I mean by like, I look for the hardcore facts, not interpretation. Yeah. Because if I, if I look at law, I could interpret, interpret it a hundred different ways, right? Like I could look at a piece of legislation or a U.S. code and go, this means that. And I've done that for years and I found out, damn, I'm wrong every time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you need I, to see it in actual writing in the law. Yeah, like I've had to prove myself wrong. I've seen it in actual writing in the law, and I think it means the thing that everybody's talking about, including myself. And then I go out and spread this word, and then I realize, shit, man, five years later, after really digging into it, I'm like, that's not what it means. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I think, Rob, that that's what sets you apart from other law teachers in the sense that you're willing to admit when you're wrong about something and start over again. Whereas many people aren't, they get married to a certain ideology they have about how the system works. Yeah. And we, we won't uncover the truth if we have that mentality because the system is built on secrecy and deception. So we have to be really open-minded and be willing to look at things from different perspectives. And that's why we perish for our lack of knowledge. We did. Because like you said, when we go into court, like we don't even know that we're being considered a bad trustee by a judge who's created a trust in our, you know, an implied trust. We have no clue that's going on. Right. And so the situation in a court setting that we're actually in is completely different from the situation we think that we're in. Right. And that's what's always exactly. going on, right? Yeah. And you, you know, because at the House of Marcus Fellowship, we talk about law and action. Like, 
you can know all this stuff. That's great. It depends on who you're dealing with. The officer, the judge, the agent. I mean, they're going to apply the law the way they know how. They don't care what you know. Yep. Then you work on the issue, the issue, right? So I've learned over time to really pick these things apart and get into how the courts interpret this stuff. So I started saying, okay, well, I'm, I'm going to leave this theory on the table and, and I'm going to say, I'm going to turn my back on it and say, that theory is incorrect. Here's why, right? Next thing, next thing. So I started to compile all of the actual things that I know if I go into court, I can prove it. Yeah. Hands down. There's here's the proof, not the evidence. Here's the proof. And then here's and also evidence is important too, right? So I've compiled all of that to just be very clear cut and short rather than all of this, you know, uh, conjecture, right? Um, because I don't see a solution. I'm, and that's always been my thing. For 14 years, I'm like, trying this, trying that, trying this, all these processes, right? Mm -hmm. And yeah, you can get stuff discharged through UCC. You can get stuff, you know, A for V things. Totally, you can yeah. do trust stuff. You can do uh, American National and passports. But at the end of the day, without a judgment, the judgment is what they cannot traverse, yeah. period. They can can challenge your American national status. They can challenge your UCC. They can challenge your trademark. They can challenge all of that and easily do away with it right in front of your face. But they and can't they challenge a judgment because that's theirs. See? Right. Yeah. So that's what's important. And in this community of, of freedom lovers and truthers, there's a big fear of going in and using the court to your advantage. A lot of it is because, well, the court is just a commercial enterprise. And they're, um, you know, they, they're not here for us. They're, they're broken and corrupt. Well, okay, that may be true. However, if we keep thinking that way, how are we ever going to get anywhere? Like somebody's yeah. got to have the guts to go in and say, no, we're going to challenge all of that if, in fact, we need to challenge it. If we're not getting our relief and remedy for what we know they're doing, which is yeah. manage. Yeah, it it's takes manage. courage. Yeah. Takes you got to overcome the fear. That's why I, I put myself in positions of being arrested so I could see what's really going on here. And thankfully, none of my arrests were felony charged. Well, one was, but I got out of that by issuing them the birth certificate, right? That's how I was like, oh, light bulb, birth so certificate, epic. and trust. Yep. But it was a procedure that many of my contemporaries in the freedom community were laughing at me for, calling me an idiot. Wow. That'll never happen. Oh, yeah big guys that a lot of you guys probably know he's an idiot he doesn't know what he's doing he's a, that's ridiculous and next thing you know bam my whole case was dismissed and my co-defendant who didn't even know the case was dismissed until i informed him okay so they didn't, yeah and understand about q-sips or any of that then um i don't know if these guys understood it i didn't have it i didn't even have a q-sip at that time um, but these okay. guys were laughing at what the way that I was doing it. They said it was ridiculous and that it would never work. And what I did was I took the interest of the name and the certificate and I granted it to a private trust that I created, then issued it back to them for value to pay off any of the charges. And right. they never called me. Uh, the state didn't call me. My, I had to have an attorney at the time because it was a felony charge and I didn't want to go to jail. Right. But I was on bond for two years. So they made me get an attorney, which I gladly did because I wanted to go home and see my son. I'd been tied up in jail for five months on an ankle bracelet for two. My life was destroyed. I was like, all right, dude, I'm paying you. Get me out of South Carolina. This was years ago. So 
Most from working with Jim McBride and all that, right? Yeah, that was. They were going after him really hard, so you were kind of in the crossfire. Yeah, I was in the crosshair. Well, yeah, I picked up where he, where they, so they arrested him to get him out of the way. Yeah. And they didn't realize I was there, so I picked up and ran for him. And they're like, "Oh, got to get this guy out of the way too." But I was a little bit more, you know, using my head as far as like, I'm not trying to fight these guys. I got to figure this out. So I backed off, got the attorney, which they thought I'd never do, right? They thought they were going to hang me because this guy won't get an attorney and he's a sovereign mm-hmm. citizen, you know? And I was like, bullshit, I'm going to get an attorney right now. So I got wow. it because I don't care. Like my son is more important than this theory. Yeah. Uh, so I got my, I got an attorney, got me out. But when I issued that certificate, First off, it's two different states. I was arrested out of South Carolina, but I lived in Maryland. I gave the birth certificate and everything to a probate judge who had no idea of any of this. This had nothing really? to do with them. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Because in Maryland, you have three probate judges in every county, and two of them are what they call lay judges, which means they do not have a law degree. They're just average men and women who are probate judges. Yeah, no degrees, nothing. They don't even go to law school. I think the guy that I sent it to was like owned an HVAC company, and he was a probate judge. Okay. Wow. Yeah. And again, this is because I dig deep. I want to find out who these guys are. What's the structure like? How do I approach this? And I did all this homework, and all these people were laughing at me, right? Yeah. Oh, you don't know what you're talking One group shut me out of their group, called me an idiot. Don't you ever come back in here. And four years later, they were still chasing their tails following the same theories that this guru was leading them down all these closed mindedness but doesn't help never got anywhere right and all because i came in and said look guys i think we're making this harder than it needs to be and that was it man this guy went off on me don't question my processes don't it can't be easy it can't be easy i mean i shouldn't say it's easy it's simplicity is different than ease Right, right for sure so, but Rob, are you saying that you, you use the birth certificate, which is a bank note, to discharge the penal sum of that case? As far as I know. And it was like, what, 1.3 million or something? What's that? Was like 1.3 million penal sum? I have no idea. I just, I gave it to them for 5 million. Okay, so let me back up oh. here. Oh, that's most right. Of, most of everybody doing UCC stuff was actually pioneered by a friend of mine, okay, back in the 90s. And and also the Montana Freeman back in the 90s, who I also know someone that was working with them and told them, you guys are doing this, I'm telling you, you're gonna get snagged, and they did. Mm-hmm. The Montana Freeman were discharging the entire nation's debt. And that's why Clinton stepped out and said, oh, look, I solved the debt, you know, we, we have a surplus, because they were paying the debt off. Wow. Just a handful of guys were paying the whole debt off. That's why they arrested the Montana Freeman. So my buddy was friends with the guy. And then my other mentor, who I mentioned a lot, he was working with them and telling him, look, man, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm finding that your theory is a little off and they're, that's where they're gonna come in. And sure enough, they came in and, but again, closed mind. No, you don't know what you're talking about. And he was like, yeah. okay. So what I'm getting at is my friend pioneered this. He got himself and seven other guys out of federal prison. Well, he didn't get them out. When they got out, all their everything was wiped out. They have no criminal record to this day, and they all served like 10, 13 years for uh, federal white-collar crime, okay? But they're all out of prison now, and none of them have a record. He discharged everything using UCC. Amazing. 
most of what you see in the UCC community is his botched and regurgitated stuff because they sent a mole in to take his stuff and put it out all over the internet and screw it up. Yeah. So a lot of the stuff is, is it's not, it's not accurate. Yeah. But the point is, is with him, even though he did that, he still can't get out of the traffic ticket. He still struggles with traffic tickets. So is it a solution? Not really. Right. But, but it's there. And it shows that, yes, these things are real. That, I think, is the most important piece, right? That yeah. we, have, we have proofs in, or evidence in the way that these guys react. So, yeah, yeah. I took the birth certificate. I, I, I took the interest in it, and I assigned it to my private trust that I created. And then I put By interest, it, you mean equity? You took your equity in it? Essentially, yeah, right? Because that's what in interest is a right, right? Yeah. So I took my rights in that certificate and I assigned that certificate over to a private trust that had trustees. Those trustees then said, okay, I'm going to turn, I'm going to assign this in what looks like a check over to the court. And I'm going to appoint the probate judge to act as trustee to make sure this gets in the right hands and gets deposited so that my charges in the other state could be released. Yeah, and sure wow. enough, magically, I didn't even know. I sent it to them, they never responded. I figured, well, I guess, it, I guess my theory's incorrect. And it wasn't until two or three months later when I was actually sitting at my computer in a coffee shop and got a little irritated at my attorney who wasn't doing anything after two years. I said, let me check up on this guy and see if he put my motion to dismiss in yet. So I checked my case and my case was dismissed three months prior to me looking at it. And no one told me, the attorney didn't tell me, the state didn't call and tell me, the bond company didn't tell me. So I was like, well, when the hell was this? So I looked at the date and then I went back to my, all my, you know, keep records of everything, went back to my records and saw when the court received my documents and it was three days prior to this dismissal. So I just- Can I ask only, you a question? Yeah. Do you think that the reason they didn't even notify you that your case was discharged or dismissed is because when people use, when people understand the real processes of how the system works, like discharging a penal sum with your birth certificate, they don't want any trace of their acknowledgement that you did that. Oh, absolutely. So they just kind of quietly shove it into the trash, move on, and they don't even say anything, right? Absolutely. And they had another excuse listed on my uh, release, my, my um, dismissal. There's another excuse on there, which was uh, cooperated to, um, I forget what it was, uh, uh, s some agreement that I made with them that that was on my uh, dismissal. Okay, fine. If it was an agreement, the, the very last thing interaction we had was two years ago. Why did it take you two years to do this? Right. And why didn't, you, why didn't you notify my attorney? Why didn't you notify the bond company? And why was my defendant's case dismissed at the same time? And he was never notified until I notified him two years later. He was in jail. Because right. they don't want nobody finding they out. Don't. And when these things happen, like if you do it successfully in a court, people go, oh, I want to see your, you know, your proof. Well, a lot of times yeah. they'll even charge you with something minuscule just to put on the record that you were charged, mm -hmm. right? So in other words, like I just had a guy in North Carolina. He had, let me plug this in real quick, sorry. Um, he had seven charges and uh, walked out and, and, you know, could have been thousands. They were looking at, you know, he had up to like a year in jail if they were to fully charge him with everything and, and all this stuff. Had seven charges. It was mostly traffic and financial stuff. It wasn't any felonies. 
But anyway, he walked out. They gave him a $100 fine at the end of the day. And he was like pissed off that he lost. He was going to feel, I said, you're not looking at it. You're not looking yeah. at it, dude. They wanted to hang you, man. And you got a $100 fine. She was basically like, get the hell out of our court. Yeah. See, what we think is happening is totally different than what's actually happening. Right. Exactly. Lack of knowledge. And this is something that I learned from studying your, your material a lot in the House of Marcus is like, all these people, you know, judges, attorneys, bailiffs, police officers, they're all our public servants. Mm -hmm. And so really they're supposed to be our trustees and we can appoint them to be our fiduciaries to do these things on our behalf if we understand our role as the creditor. And that's basically what you did, right? With your case is you knew you were the creditor and used the instrument of the birth certificate to discharge a liability. Right, so let's stop right there because that's a great place to explain to people why that is. Mm -hmm. I can't technically appoint them as a public servant over anything private, okay? Right, right. But when I'm privately communicating with them and when they took my instrument and invested it for me, we're on a whole different, we're not on government citizen level, we're on business client level. Commercial so, law. Commercial law, right. And the key is that they invested my instrument into a portfolio, into a fund. And didn't so notify you. Didn't notify me, right? But I notified them. So now if I circle my wagons back around, okay, court, we've got a problem. Yeah. You guys took my rights and my liberties under, uh, you took my, what's it say? You took my rights and my liberties put me in servitude, compelled me to payment of some debt as a government when you weren't a government, you yep. were merely a business. Yep. And that's the crux of the whole thing. And I'm like, man, this is so much easier, but we've got to get a judgment or something through mm -hmm. so we all can rely on it and go, see, it's right here and nobody can deny it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> USC 242A, I think, acting under the color of law. Yeah. USC. That's what they do. 18 USC, uh, is it 242 or no, it's uh, 42 USC at 242 or whatever, but there's also, and there's also title 18 criminal penalties yeah. for it, right? And that's what they do. They're a, they're, a, they're a business masquerading as a government, but let me back up because everybody thinks that the United States is this huge corporation and it is, but it's more of a company. Right? Yeah, because the company is a little different than a corporation. It functions very much similar. There's little differences. But what happens yeah. with the states is the states incorporate as businesses, which we know because we pull their Dun and Bradstreet. They're doing business as, and we can get their mm -hmm. cage number. So basically, picture the government's this huge company, and then the states are all coming to it as subcontractors, contracting to get its funds that it owes. Right. So that's how they're yep. passing the debt is just contractors. Like your straw man is a contractor. It is a mm -hmm. government contractor. A business. What's that? A business. It's a business. Yeah, it's a business. <laughs> now the trust comes in with social security because like, and just recently talk about doing an about face. Remember I was all on Sesame trust and everything from birth, just like everybody else. I believed in it 100%. It was there until I started to realize last fall, wait a minute. I went back to some old recordings from a guy by the name of Ken W. You can probably find him on the internet, but he kind of went underground. 
KW, Ken W. And Ken used to say, man, that trust stuff and all is bullshit. I've been doing that for years and nothing ever worked. It wasn't until I went into court and treated this as a registered organization. That's when they started freaking out, right? I didn't treat it as a trust. I didn't tell the, the, the judge he was a trustee and all this stuff. Right. Right. So, you know, it's, it's, it's understanding that they just look at it as business. When I, yeah. When I go in and now I say, you know what? I am a trustee. I'm a trustee over the trust I created. Here's where you guys created a trust. It's called social security mm -hmm. that we have proof of because why it's in the social security act. It's yeah. right there in the act. It tells right. you, yeah. It tells you who the trustees are and everything. Right. Yeah. So there's, so there's an express trust by the Social Security Act. So maybe we should explain how that actually, how, how do you actually get the funds? Mm -hmm. right? But everybody wants to know. Yeah, like, how does this actually work? Well, this is my estimation over all these years. So I went on to the IRS website. Was it IRS? Or I think it was the Treasury. And I found it was either a treasury, social security somewhere, but it's on our website. It's on the House of Markets site for members. And it's a PDF from one of their economists that is laying out what they do with social security. What they do is they go, we hedge against your social security account. We invest against it until, you're, until you file for benefits. Yeah, once you file for benefits, we put your little bit back in, see? Huh. So they have all the calculations of how much you paid in. They hedge that against, you know, uh, the market or whatever they invest in it. Then when you're ready to retire or you're ready for Medicare, Medicaid, whatever, they, they put it back in that little bit. But think about this without notifying you without your account number and your name, they couldn't have hedged all that in the market. Cause where's that coming from? That's coming from when you signed up for a driver's license, when you got a credit card, when you got a mortgage, when you signed your name on just about anything, yeah. that's where the value is coming from. It's not like this pot of gold that's sitting in a trust account. It's in right. many, many, many accounts all together that make up the value that they didn't tell you you created. Yeah. So yeah. you have an interest in it and that's where your value comes from. That's where your yes, so to speak or whatever. Okay. So for those who may not understand this completely, what we're saying is they collateralize our human labor at birth. And that's what they're essentially backing debt on or money on is the credit of our labor over our whole lifetime. So basically you're worth this giant lump sum of credit in their eyes. And so that's why your signature creates the money because they need you to sign off to pull the credit from you essentially because you're what's backing the money rather than gold as it used to be. So that's why your signature actually creates money. And of course, you've been lied to and told that you're borrowing money from a bank who's loaning it to you. But really all they're doing is tapping into your treasury direct account, loaning it to you or whatever. And you're none the wiser, right? None the wiser. Yeah. And, and they're, so you're, you're loaning them the money. They're turning around and giving it back to you and charging you interest for it. That is usury. Not yes. to mention peonage, right? It's really, really that simple, you know. Now taxes simply go to pay the interest, so it's no more than making a minimum payment on a credit card. That's all your taxes are doing. The wow. principal never goes down because you're driving right. the debt up by taking. Oh man, it's so corrupt. No, it's ridiculous. 
so but really we could all issue our own instruments to them and buy buy them out of debt with the federal reserve overnight wow. people could wrap their head around oh i can make money out of thin air of course you can that's what they do it's how you think the, they do it yeah it's just a promise to pay and when you give them a promise to pay they stick that in an investment portfolio and trade it so yeah. money comes in more more debt money comes in it's all debt everything's debt so yeah that's one of the processes that you're sort of doing now and working on right where you're able to go into court and sort of call the court out on the securities fraud they're committing and get cases dismissed that way too so it's like when we when we gain the knowledge of how this corrupt system is created how it operates we can use their own corrupt system against them which is righteous from our end of things but actually exposing the truth at the same time right the problem is they're on to it so yes what they're doing is they're they're shutting people down because they know that we won't prosecute it okay and somebody just said in there then why not use this to fund the lawsuit well it doesn't work that way it's not like a, an account where i can just go draw money out of right it, it doesn't work that way yeah. if that were the case then that's what we would do we wouldn't need to ask for donations right we would right. we'd all be free because that it would that's that's how it should work don't get me wrong yes but, but they're not letting that cat out of the bag so what we're doing is saying look we've got you we caught you by the tail we got you it's right here and in the and, cookie jar yeah and you're not acknowledging it even though you're continuing to do it which is what happened with me over two years while i set this whole thing up now i've got you busted but i've got to prosecute it mm -hmm. how, how am i going to do that without good legal counsel who knows rules and regulations so well that if they try to shut counsel down, they can't because they're yeah. so good at it. They go, no, 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 you're, that's a technical uh, mistake. Can't do that, can't do this. So we know they're gonna be headhunting for me and all this stuff, uh, which is all good. Not worry about it, I'm not going about it in fear. Uh, but that's why we need to do this because when I say this, we need to file this lawsuit because it's huge. It sets a precedent for all of us to go, no, these guys did it, it's right here you guys and all we'll need are simple notices notice the state notice back off and prosecute notice back off so in other words i got a traffic ticket i get to go to court for on um the ninth rolling through a stop sign they want to charge me like 400 bucks for rolling through a stop sign mm -hmm. so at first i was like ah, i'm just going to pay it i don't have time for it but once they said it was 400 dollars, i'm like really you're going to do that so you're going to try to do that to me so i go in the little municipal court you know uh, challenge the jurisdiction right off the front. The, the judge started, oh, we're not doing that. <laughs> we're not doing that today. This, that's not what this hearing is for. You just have to plead. I have to plead. What are you talking about? You, you didn't tell me whether this is a commercial enterprise or a court. I, I, don't, I don't even know, know who you I'm are. Right. Like, I don't know what I'm pleading to because I don't know who the hell you are. Yeah. So he's flipping out. I'm just scheduling this for my knife. My only objective is to go in there, which I've already served them, and say, I'm giving you a second notice. If I find that you have dropped this case into a portfolio, I'm telling you, you're paying my fee schedule, which is 250,000 a day every time we have an interaction and every time I have to deal with this mess. Yeah. And of course the judges are like, what are you talking about? Yeah, it's really dumb. Excuses no one. That's what I'm talking about. Right. So they, they can deny and all, they can give me the fine, Hell, they can do whatever they want to me. I've already set the stage, but now I have to prosecute it. See? Yeah. And that's where we're all falling short because we're all like, yeah. well, we can't go into court because we're a living man and all this stuff. And I'm like, no, no, no. 
we have to go in the court. The problem we have is attorneys will not touch this with a 10 foot pole because mm -hmm. it ruins their status and threatens their own wealth. It's the, the dirty secret of the whole system. It's the dirty secret, man. And I've got the only team that will actually do this because they're not afraid of their bar card, you know, and the, losing the status and the wealth. They don't give a shit, you know? Yeah. So. Kind of yeah. like when the, the whole vax mandates rolled out, like if you weren't afraid of losing your job or if you were self-employed, you didn't have to fear the mandates. It's like, right. you got nothing, you're holding nothing over my head that I'm worried about, but it's when they have some collateral over you that they, you don't want them to take away, then then they can control you with that. So I want to get into now this, this big, exciting announcement we have for everyone, which, as you guys have probably uh, surmised by now, has to do with some litigation. But uh, what Rob was saying just now about, you know, there's different levels to the, the court system. And for those who aren't totally aware, if you just go into a local state or county court or whatever, they're going to play dumb. They're going to try to railroad you. It's, it's a business. It's not government. So they're going to just do their business model on you which is you've been a bad boy, you broke our laws, we're gonna fine you and you're gonna pay it. So you can't really expect justice at that level, but the higher you appeal up to the federal level, the Supreme Court level, the better and better your odds are of getting real justice because they actually have to obey the constitution at those levels. And so this is something that, um, you know, Rob has gone into court many times for these different things he's explained, but um, what you notified me of the other day is that you're working on some really big litigation at uh, I guess, hopefully beginning at the federal level, you may have to go from the state and raise it up to that level, but uh, a case that could set some precedent, some case law to make some real change in this direction. So why don't you give us kind of the rundown of what you can say right now about this whole litigation you're working on? Yeah, so um, it, it's really important for us to change this whole thing, right? And again, we've got to get a judgment on that. So. Unfortunately, I can't tell you how we're going to do it just yet because I don't want to give our strategy away to the other side or even let the other side know who I'm suing. Right. But what we're doing is, look, we're breaking this litigation down, man. And it's we're going to need like forensic auditors, probably security, um, people to testify. We're going to be subpoenaing tons of officers. All of this costs money and we don't have it. So I figure, well, wait a minute, why am I not turning to the people who are suffering from this and asking for support? I'm the one that's got to go in and get my head hunted for this, right? So we're filing a federal lawsuit to show, to basically show them, you guys have acted in a commercial capacity, not a government capacity. And when you do, you have no authority over the people in the way that you say you do. Sorry, yeah. but you don't. Once that is said, it's, it's done. Now, everybody can come in behind us on that, right? They can use that precedent. Not only that, I've got another amazing plan that I can't reveal until we're, we're almost set up, but I will let everybody know because it's going to be available to everyone. Um, wow. and, and whatever judgment comes out of it and money, monetary award, I will be building that out with. And that's nice. a lot of people, you know, they don't know me a lot of these people all you guys viewing me you don't know me you don't know what i do with money and all that but i know aaron you've seen just from being a member of the house of markets like i live very reasonably i live a very you know meager i don't i don't go out and spend lavishly i put all the money back into building this stuff yep because that's my passion so i don't really care about taking trips and having yachts and boats that's not my thing and, 
it's just that's where you want to build systems i want to build systems that go way into the future there is nothing more gratifying to me than having children and grandchildren be like that guy did this and his team and his people stood up and they did this which is why you know we want everybody to go to our website if you can did org and donate look you got 50,000 followers on Instagram alone, right? Some of our other friends have 50, 60, 80, 100. Like you said, there's 30,000 views. Guys, if we only had 10,000 people to donate 100 bucks each, that's a million dollars. We would blow this litigation out of the water. That's yeah. a ton of money. And it may cost us a million dollars. That's why we're like, we need to get the money in because we're going to be spending it all on litigation. There is no donation. man. Yeah, there's not a dollar of donation that goes into my pocket, not at all. I, I already make my earnest, you know, living, uh, my honest living by teaching people and taking a small paycheck. I don't need the money, okay? So uh, that's really what we need help with is for people to go to did2.org, D-I-D-T-O-O.org, and donate, please. I mean, this is going to save, not save, uh, wrong word, help <laughs> us all. I don't like to say that. But yeah. this is this is really, and, and I know a lot of people are like, oh, you can't go into court. They're corrupt. You know, they're not commercial. true at all. You definitely can. Right. We, we know that. I mean, yes, of course, we know that. But where do we turn? We have to go and start there. And if they deny us, we go to appeals. If they deny us, we go to Supreme. If they deny us, we go international. So let them keep playing. Right? Yeah. And if you guys are behind us at did2.org, and we have 10,000 people is a drop in the bucket compared to what? 700 million? But that's enough. Yeah. That's enough, man. Yes. You know, to, and, and more than 10,000. I mean, if you guys are donating, 20, some people don't have 100 bucks. So they're donating 20 and 5 and 10. And that's awesome, too. And guys, by the way, if you don't have the money to donate, you can support us by passing this video along. Yeah, just share it. Share it. I mean, that's. That support is so much appreciated just as much as somebody's $100 donation. It really is. Because this needs to get out there. Um, So I know people are asking, like, is day2.org relevant to UK and other countries? Well, relevance, how is the question? Like, it's not relevant in their courts, okay? But it is relevant in the same procedure. You could go to them and dig up the, you know, the the QCIP numbers that... They're not QCIPs in your country. They're probably something else because QCIPs are only for um, North America, which is United States, America, and Canada. But, you know, there's ANA numbers and all this stuff. And you could find those investment instruments. And, yes, you could do the exact same thing. Okay. Yeah. Can I summarize this for people, Rob? Yeah, absolutely. What Robert is saying, you guys, is that they're working on a litigation where they can really sort of go for the jugular, so to speak, in pointing out this distinction between a private for-profit corporation posing as and pretending to be a republic form of government that is exacting real law on people. As we've discussed in this call, we know now that that's not what's actually happening. They are private corporations like McDonald's, like Dunkin' Donuts, pretending to be a judge and a, a legal system that can exact authority over us and it's all fraudulent and deceptive and not true. And so Robert and this team are working on a case where they can take this all the way to the federal or Supreme Court level where they do have to acknowledge the truth of law, the Constitution, 
you know, USC, UCC, they have to acknowledge this stuff at that level yes. and say, you are correct. We are not a republic form of government. We are a corporation and therefore we don't actually have jurisdiction over living men and women. We have jurisdiction over legal fictions that we created. And so that's how they beat us, right? Is through our lack of knowledge that they made us into a legal fiction and our whole life we've been operating as a legal fiction. But as soon as we wake up to that, we can start living free and be self-governing because none of their public system actually has authority over the private man or woman. And so that's what this lawsuit is attempting to get a judgment on and therefore set precedent for that we have them admitting from their own lips that they are a corporation, not a government, yeah. and don't actually have jurisdiction. And that's huge, you guys. That would change absolutely everything. So me personally, I'm going to be donating $1,000 to this uh, movement, and okay. I hope that you guys will donate whatever you're capable. Even a dollar makes a difference. It does, if, yeah. If you want to make, if you want to help us create momentum in this direction, then you can do that by even just sharing the video with other people. If you don't have funds to donate at this time, right? Absolutely, man. Sharing it would would so be appreciated. Because again, guys, how many of us are out there? And everyone can be a part of this just by donating and getting. And by the way, we will be giving play by play up to the minute. Mm -hmm. Like, look mm -hmm. here, guys. Here's what we just filed. Here's the process. Like. I, my attorney buddy, who's my best friend, I mean, we could, we will be giving this to the people that are donating saying, look, here's the filing. Here's the case number. Look it up. Track along with That's it. awesome. Yeah. Here's what you do next. Here's, and so we'll be giving you court process and procedure as we do it. So you'll be learning just as well as watching. Holy shit. This is really unfolding. Wow. Right? So, so this yeah. is our movement. This is our team effort. We're all involved in this together. It's yes. just that not all of us have the expertise to go into court and do the litigation, Thank but we you. can support those people who do right. And that is unity right there. It is man. And, and again, like no attorneys were willing to prosecute this. And I met my friend five years ago as a 25 year litigator. He's a bulldog. He's been in all levels of of high um, corporate, uh, he's been a high corporate attorney and, and the guy lives paycheck to paycheck because he hates the bar association. He, he despises <laughs> hanging out with other attorneys and playing golf and doing, he despises yeah, yeah. it. And he takes care of a family that he has to pay for. So he lives paycheck to paycheck, but he's one of the top attorneys, which is why they won't let him go. The thing is they don't like him as so much a lot of times because he's always questioning the judges and the other attorneys mm -hmm. where you know where people say, "Oh well, you know, corpus juris secundum. They have a, a duty to the state first, and then the judge, and then the court." Right. He's like, "I don't care what corpus juris secundum says. <laughs> I have a duty to my client. Period. And if they try to take my card for ethics, how can you say that's unethical? This is my client. Like they paid me. I'm the trustee, which he is essentially. Yeah. Right? So his view of all this is right in line. He's the only one." That, that I've ever met out of all the attorneys I've dealt yeah. with, it's been a lot. It's hard. And 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 look, we've we've brought attorney people have brought attorneys to us. Look, man, this attorney's really awake. They're ready to do it. Can you talk to them? We talk to them. We're like, they're not awake. <laughs> they're still not willing to do that. They're not willing yeah. to go this far. So it really is us right now and our team. And uh, it, it's amazing, man. It's a beautiful thing. Like yeah.
it's all spiritually connected. It has to be. And the way that he came to me and said, dude, I'm a 20 plus year litigating attorney and I have, I need to know what you know, please teach me because I vetted all these other guys on the internet and, and it's not solid, but you're solid. And we just struck up a friendship and we're like brothers. We even fight like brothers. <laughs> That's how you know you're really brothers, yeah, right? Exactly. So yep. yes, man, please pass this along everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Finding a, a attorney, a bar attorney that's willing to willing to potentially lose their bar card to do to exact real law and justice is like trying to find a Western medicine doctor who's willing to give up their medical license to go practice holistic medicine. It's like, yeah, they're out there, but it's really hard to find at this point. Yep. So the movement needs to grow more so that these people realize that, hey, I actually do have a really good landing place if I leave this fraudulent system I was brought up in and join you know a real system like holistic medicine or real common law kind of stuff and that's that's a big part of what i think this litigation would do if it was um if we get the judgment we're looking for is it sets this huge precedent that's going to have to open some people's eyes to start questioning things and you know what it'll do it'll set a precedent for those of us on the private side to say no we have a right to live privately not under yes. corporate statutes and codes because look at this case right here it's already been adjudicated it's over yeah right so those with the knowledge will be able to use it and those without it will have to wake up to that level before they even can right but i want to say one quick thing too before we end um you had as you just mentioned a minute ago there are doctors and stuff who are not really willing to you know give up that but but what does that boil down to money well if i give that up i can't make money if i can't make money i can't survive it's right. all about this financial slave system yeah and on a spiritual level money was never supposed to be on this planet it wasn't even supposed to be brought to this planet just read the book of enoch it tells you what the angels did they brought the money here they weren't supposed to they brought war money vanity all these things and now we're at the age where we're saying you know what we don't really need these things because we have each other we don't need the idea of scarcity right that's all it's there for right create scarcity, yes. create yeah. protection and you do that through money and war money and war money and war yeah so, if there's deal, infinite man. if there's infinite supply and abundance in our universe then how can you really be in debt to someone ever you know what i mean right yeah yep and the bible says god hates a surety which means a, a you know a debt or someone paying a debt for someone that's right so very interesting huh oh, Oh yeah, we get that conversation. You know, we go down many rabbit holes. Yeah, another live for that one for sure. Uh -oh. yeah. I'm gonna ask you one more question before we close, Rob. Which is, um, yeah. when will we be able to know once we donate? When will we be able to know who exactly you're suing and all the all the stuff? So we have a a, a goal set at fifty thousand that we can then uh, write up the complaint and file it. As soon as we write it up and file okay. it, everyone will know. The reason we're setting it at that is because we got to look for some uh, securities brokers with Series 7 access to work with us. Uh, yeah. We've got to pay them. I've got a bunch of other fees to pay. And we don't want to file this and then get stuck with like, oh, we don't have any money to go forward now. We got to wait for more donations. So yeah. we have that limit set. And as soon as it's set, bam, we will drop that on everybody. Man, we'll be like, here's what's filed. You know, go to the case and look it up. So we're super excited. And I really think that people will get this and we'll reach that point in no time. I so do too. I'm hoping within a month or so we have that, you know, within yeah. a month, you know. So yeah, here's Cross, man. And look, we're so excited to do this. We may draft it uh, 
you know, we may draft it sooner. We're just trying to feel the energy of the momentum because yeah. again, we don't want to get in the middle of it. And then all of a sudden be like, oh, we don't have any money. Right. Dead in the water. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, look, man, if we have some big donors, we, we would, man, we get so much further, so much faster. And there is a money judgment coming out of this. And that's what we're going to build the next piece with, which I can't wait to tell you guys, which I think maybe, well, I'll probably be able to tell you what the next piece is before we even file, because I think that piece will already be, uh, it, it'll be filed, it'll be ready to go. And then I can tell people what that is, you know. But yeah, I'm wow. telling you, people are gonna love it, man. Yeah. You know? Well, these know. these are real solutions, you guys. Like yeah. we all want solutions to the corruption we see in the world, and this is, if anything's a solution, is through law and and real justice, which is um, not easy to get because we have a corrupt justice system. But you guys are going for the jugular. You guys are stepping in there with courage. Yep. Willing to call the system out on its fraudulence, and so I want to support that. I know that. So many people watching want to support that. There's a humongous movement towards awakening to real law right now. And I think that makes this the perfect timing to be doing what you guys are doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man. And, you know, again, with what you're saying, like these courts, we know they're corrupt, guys. We know what they're doing. This is why this is so important. Yeah. Because what we're planning on doing is having actually something that can stand for all the private people, the American nationals, the, yeah. you know, the people who creditors. know. Creditors. Yeah, the creditors, the people who know what their private side status is about. No one is out there to help us with that in the legal community. Right. We're trying to do that and then even go further with it. So now our people, because let's face it, we all know, oh, you get an attorney, they just sell you down the river. Well, we're trying to get rid of that too. Like, nice. No. Yeah. Think about this real quick too, before we go, the creditor thing. If Okay. So an attorney is one who attorns, which means he transfers the, the rights of the tenant over to the landlord. Right. Well, how did these guys become landlords? We're the landlord. Lord, so I should have an attorney working for me to transfer their rights over to me, the creditor, the landlord. It works both and, ways. Yeah. See? So don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Yeah. There's always a way to use something in the right way, right? Yep. Exactly. Yeah. So, so guys, please go to did2.org, D-I-D-T-O-O.org, if you're ready to donate. Um, as far as I'm concerned, you have $49,000 left to raise, Rob, because I'm donating a thousand today. Oh, uh, I believe in this. Awesome. I believe in this so much, man. And I can't thank you enough for, for leading this charge. And I'm just here to, to be of whatever service I can to this by spreading the word, getting my amazing audience involved in it. And I have no doubt that we're going to be able to pull this thing off together. Yep. Yeah, man, exactly. Thank you, brother. And look, get your ringside seats, man, because like you're saying, this is going to be the battle of the centuries, man. We're going in and playing smash mouth football. We're not playing any games. And for those of you that have followed me, you know I'm all about peace and everything. But when I'm ward upon, it's gloves are off, man. It's time to roll. So we're just like, we can't wait to get in there. And just, yeah. you know? I'll be sitting ringside for sure, man. And I can't wait to tell you guys who it's against, what we're doing. Like, it, I'm just so excited. So, brother, I, I appreciate you, man, for being part of this. And you're a huge influence to a lot of people. So your part in this is, is a big deal. It really is. I appreciate that, brother. And all the same returned right back to you, man. Thank you, man. I appreciate you. Um, I'll be saving this live to my IG, you guys. And I'm going to be posting this on my YouTube channel if you want to see it there as well. So. Thank you all for watching. Thank you for your donations. And thank you, Rob, for everything you're doing right now, brother. You're welcome.
welcome, man. Did2.org and House of Marcus, if you're interested in that, M-A-R-K-U-S, not C.org. Marcus with a K. In becoming a member, that's where we teach everybody this stuff. So, yeah. All right, brother. All right, guys. Love. love you, man. Thank love you. Love you too, bro. All right. See you guys.